mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, the return of warmer weather means the return of tick and mosquito-borne diseases. We get the parasite forecast for spring and summer in northwest Ohio. Plus, the Blanchard River Watershed Partnership is taking Earth Day and turning it into a week-long effort to raise awareness and encourage action to protect the local environment. We'll get details. And in our Throwback Thursday segment this morning, streaming video services have so changed the television paradigm that the cable industry's top trade group dropped the word cable from their name. How do they envision the future of entertainment media? This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, April 20th, 2023. In recognition of 420 Day today, I thought this was uh, kind of interesting. Another statistic or another example of how the uh, mindset regarding the use of weed in society has changed and uh, the acceptance of this. A new statistic shows that Americans today, uh, 420, 2023, Americans are spending more money now on legal weed than they are on chocolate. (laughs) And that is saying something because Americans spend just over $20 billion a year on chocolate. And according to the industry website, MJ Biz Daily, weed sales, legal weed sales, now that includes medicinal marijuana and recreational sales at dispensaries where that is legal. Uh, legal weed sales are expected to reach $34 billion this year. $20 billion on chocolate, $34 billion on legal marijuana. Now, more money on weed than chocolate, and it's not even close. And by the way, uh, $34 billion would be up $4 billion from last year. Uh, furthermore, experts in the site uh, contend that the cannabis industry is expected to inject more than $100 billion into the U.S. economy this year, which is 12% higher than last year. Industry analysts contend that for every $10 spent on cannabis, a further $12 is spent on other products, uh, such as, I don't know, post, post-smoke post Taco Bell runs? I don't know. Um, so, <laughs> talk about the economic impact It is wide-ranging, they say. Um, There's even more green to be made from the wacky weed, uh, which notes restrictions restrictions are dropping and dispensaries are sprouting up uh, in places like New York, Maryland, Missouri, Kentucky. Could push the economic boost of cannabis to $160 billion a year by 2027 so numbers to consider on this 420 day so this is kind of interesting one of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day which is what we like to to start with here Um, as you're getting up and heading to work uh, on this Thursday how do you feel about Thursday Um, you know because the weekend is almost here you're starting to look forward to the weekend are you one of those people that just can't wait for Friday to get here? 
just because you get a couple of days off of work? Well, a new survey from Pew Research finds that just over half of employed adults say that they are extremely or very satisfied with their jobs overall. Uh, Just over half say they are very satisfied or extremely satisfied with their employment. And if you break down the numbers, there is a big age gap. About 50% of workers between the ages of 30 and 49 find their job enjoyable. 54% of those ages 50 to 64 say the same. And 65% of those age 65 plus find their job uh, enjoyable. But only 44% of those from the age of 18 to 29 enjoy their work. And I'm not necessarily surprised by that. I mean, uh, young people, when you're first starting out, you got to take whatever job is offered, right? Uh, You get a little bit older, you have a little bit more flexibility. uh, Presumably, you're more financially stable. I mean, if you're still working at age 65 plus, then you're probably uh, you probably have some other source of you know retirement uh, income that you can fall back on so you don't have to take a job that you don't really really like whereas maybe when you're 18 19 20 uh, you do so I'm not necessarily surprised by that age breakdown but I thought it was interesting uh, just over half of employed adults say they are very or extremely satisfied with their works. Um, did you hear about this? I, I saw this story on the, on the newswire and I was like, thank goodness wasn't on this flight. We have had these uh, stories yesterday. There was the story about, uh, Southwest airlines earlier this week, uh, had a, had another computer glitch that grounded flights for a couple of hours and led to massive numbers of flight delays and a, another real big mess for Southwest. There was the story, was it an American Airlines passenger tried to change his flight and got hit with a $2 billion service fee <laughs> because of a computer glitch? The change fee was $2 billion. Somebody thought, well, is he just trying to buy a ticket on a plane or is he trying to buy the entire airline? Um, but uh, a flight from Vienna to New York took off Monday with about 300 passengers aboard um, it was a nine-hour flight from Vienna, Austria to New York. Had to turn around two hours into the flight and go back to Vienna. The reason why five of the eight lavatories suddenly went out of order. <laughs> Just all of a sudden, something happened and they had no restrooms. Five of the eight. Uh the uh, lavatories malfunctioned, and so the, tr- the flight turned around, and the 300 passengers on board returned to the, the airport. They were two hours in to a nine-hour flight. Passengers were rescheduled for different flights, and the plane has since been fixed and returned to service. But it wasn't like all of the bathrooms went out. Five of the eight. So you still had three lavatories that were functional. Wouldn't you think that that would be, I know it's a nine hour flight and I know there are 300 people, but wouldn't you think that would still be enough? Maybe there was a concern that the other three would go on the fritz too. And uh, <laughs> that's a long way to ask people to hold it. Uh, so the, uh, I don't know how I would feel about that. You know what I mean? On the one hand, 
Uh, I'm glad I would I would want uh, you know working lavatories, working toilets on a nine hour flight uh, across the Atlantic Ocean. But on the other hand, that's four hours in the air to go absolutely nowhere, and then you still have to get on board and spend another nine hours uh, on another plane. So I don't know. Wow, that is. Uh, <laughs> Try to explain that, especially if you had like a business trip. You were uh, rushing in for a big meeting in New York from Vienna with a big client. You have to call them and explain that you're not going to make the meeting because the toilets weren't working on your plane. They had to turn back. Wow. Uh, this was good news. Thought this was uh, interesting. Talking about the uh, most buzzworthy stories of the day. A rare giant anteater has been born has been born at the Chester Zoo in England. Um, there are thought to be only 5,000 of these giant anteaters left in the wild. And so this is a big, big deal, this uh, breeding program. Kind of interesting, the uh, baby anteater will cling to its mother's back for the next 10 months until it is ready to start walking and searching for food on its own. The baby will occasionally crawl over to the mommy's belly to nurse, and then would return back to her her back. Um, The birth a result of an international breeding program to save the species. Mom is said to be doing well and doing an excellent job of looking after her new arrival. So, pretty cool. And uh, lastly, among the first things that you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day... If you are married or cohabitating with a uh, with a partner, uh, if you are uh, part of a couple, how do you split up the housework? This is kind of uh, interesting. A uh, university study, it's just a small study, 25 couples were interviewed for this. And they have found that men are doing more solo housework these days, like cooking and mowing the lawn. But home management duties are still largely falling on the shoulders of women. Uh, The uh, study found that moms tend to take on multitasking chores like remembering birthdays and what the kids need to bring to school every day. Men do more housework today compared to half a century ago, but they tend to be traditionally man-type tasks like uh, mowing the lawn and You know, those DIY fix-up projects. Many of the tasks that women are responsible for are being carried out simultaneously with other household tasks. Things like uh, the cognitive labor of household management. The problem is it's invisible, so it's not recognized as work. Long and short of it is, according to uh, Dr. Emily Christopher, Aston University... Men are doing more solo housework, but uh, women still largely manage the household. Make of that what you will. I just thought it was interesting, and I would share, and that's what we do. There you go. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, partly to mostly sunny skies today, a high in the low 80s, partly cloudy tonight, a low in the mid 50s.
The Kiwanis Club of Finley presented Finley Fire Chief Josh Eberly with a $15,000 check to go towards the new Strict Center, which is a training center for first responders that will be located behind Finley Fire Station 4. The chief calling the new facility a game changer for first responders in Hancock County. You know, in almost any emergency, there's multiple agencies that respond to the same emergency. Fire, EMS, law enforcement. And even though we see those people a lot and we respond with them a lot, we don't often train together just because of everybody's schedules and we don't have a common place to train. So we really hope that the Strix Center becomes that common place. Strix stands for Simulated Tactical Response and Incident Command Training. Get more of our conversation with the chief about the new facility on our website. A Justice for Jalen Walker march was held in Akron a day after a Summit County grand jury declined to indict the eight Akron police officers involved in fatally shooting Walker during an overnight chase. Leaders say the fight isn't over and that they haven't gotten justice for Jalen and they have a plan to see his case in civil court and that by marching, they won't let his name be forgotten. ONN's Emma Henderson reporting. Many ways caring individuals can get involved in the lives of youth were highlighted at the Not Our Kids Child Abuse Prevention Awareness Luncheon and panel in Finley. During the panel, United Way of Hancock County CEO Angela Dabosky noted that through its partnerships with local agencies dedicated to helping kids, the United Way can make introductions for new volunteers and help them discover the various ways they can get involved. Get more details about how you can get involved with this story on our website. It remains to be seen who will lead Ohio State's football team across the field this year, either Kyle McCord or Devin Brown, because Devin Brown sat out the spring game because of an injury. Now the competition will go into the fall. But these two guys are actually rooting for each other. That's someone who I know I can share some of my experiences with. So the moment I stepped on campus, we bonded right away. So that's my guy. Buckeyes will open the season on the road on Saturday, September 2nd at Indiana. Remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. So obviously over the next several months, we are going to be spending more time outdoors with our pets. And that means the potential risk for parasitic diseases that can be deadly to animals and harmful to humans as well. Joining us this morning on behalf of the Companion Animal Parasite Council are veterinarians Dr. Rick Marinson and Dr. Catherine Sarpong. And part of the message here is just to get people to take this seriously because the dangers are real and infections do happen. Is that one of the biggest challenges, getting pet owners to understand just how serious this can be? Yeah, if you have to have a whole group called the Companion Animal Parasite Council, you know this is a serious concern. This group is a a nonprofit board made up of veterinary parasitologists and practitioners. Our mission is to inform veterinarians and educate pet owners about the risks of parasites that can infect not only their pets, but people. And each month at PetDiseaseAlerts.org, CAPC publishes a 30-day pet parasite forecast. This is literally like a weather map or a pollen forecast where we're looking forward in time. We're showing the risk right down to the county level. And then every April, we release our annual national forecast. And this year, we are highlighting the importance and the risk of Lyme disease. So... With this annual forecast that you are out with this month, what does it look like for Northwest Ohio for the season ahead? So Lyme disease in 2023 is on the move. It's moving westward and southward. Um, So um, 
Eastern Ohio has been an endemic area, but we are seeing Lyme disease creep across that state with some hot spots happening. And this is because the tick that spreads Lyme disease is moving into these areas as the geography changes with urbanization or, or people moving into new areas. We're seeing those ticks have hot spots crop up. And I know we did also have a rather mild winter this year. When that happens, does that tend to lead to a greater spread or a worse year for parasites and the diseases that they spread? It, it, it does. Weather does affect how many parasites we see, but it is never cold enough that you don't need year-round protection. So year-round protection from ticks super important. Uh, and again, we're, we're talking about things that can affect the health of both animals and people. And as you mentioned, Lyme disease being the perfect example of that, right? That's right. Lyme disease is a zoonotic disease. And by definition, that means a disease that can infect both people and animals. But because we test dogs every year for Lyme disease, we have tons of data in dogs. Research has shown, though, that the level of Lyme disease in humans parallels that level in dogs. So when we look at these maps, we see where the areas are risky. That is speaking not just to our dogs, but to people as well. Mm. Now, it is important to know, though, that you cannot catch Lyme disease directly from your dog or the dog from you. The bacteria that causes Lyme disease has to come through the bite of an infected tick. So we usually think when we talk about parasites, we think of ticks and mosquitoes. Fleas are parasites as well, and they also can spread disease? Fleas can spread diseases, and so can mosquitoes. So a comprehensive parasite control plan is important. And what that means is talk to your veterinarian about the risks that are present in your area. Get get the appropriate testing done for Lyme disease or heartworm disease and other things that are in your area. Um, there's a vaccine for dogs for Lyme that may be important to consider depending on what's going on in your county. Um, and then preventative. Wow, preventative every month, all year long, because we can't predict the weather and we don't know if tomorrow we're going to see a lot of ticks or a lot of mosquitoes or a lot of fleas and, and all of those are risks. So on your website, as you mentioned, in addition to the forecast maps, the annual uh, parasite forecast, uh, you mentioned you have alert maps that are updated, excuse me, every month to track actual reported cases on a county-by-county basis, which also brings up the point that you want to be cognizant of the risks not only where we live, but where we may be traveling over the spring and summer months because there are different risks in different areas. That's right. And you can find all that information at PetDiseaseAlerts.org. And you can get those forecast maps. You can see not only what's happening in your own backyard, but if you do travel, especially if you travel with your pet, you may be going to areas where there's a high risk of parasitic diseases. And so you need to make sure you're protected before you leave home. Again, that site is PetDiseaseAlerts.org. Now, we mentioned that there are a number of preventative measures that we can take, uh, medications and so on, and, and, and other measures to make sure that we prevent. Uh, what happens if we do discover that our... Um, that our animal has picked up a tick or, you know, we get fleas, you know, what, it, what, what is the procedure then if, if we do notice this on our pets? 
if you're noticing it, the problem is probably bigger than you realize. They have so much fur that covers their bodies, right? If you find one tick, there's probably more ticks on them. So I recommend you go to your veterinarian, um, get that tick removed, but also get a that's appropriate to get the ticks that you're not finding. Uh, again, it goes back to what we were talking about, understanding just how serious this can be and how pervasive it is sometimes because we don't necessarily see them. I mean, these are not big monsters we see in our backyard, uh, but they're out there nonetheless, and we definitely want to be cognizant uh, of them. Again, Dr. Rick Marinson, Dr. Catherine Sarpong, veterinarians with the Companion Animal Parasite Council. Mention again the website where we can find the uh, forecast for the spring and summer and also those month by month alert maps it's pet disease alert.com excuse me dot org and we will link that up on our webpage as well thank you both for uh, taking the time this morning important information for folks to know we appreciate it thank you thanks So Earth Day is coming up, and the Blanchard River Watershed Partnership is taking this day and turning it into a week-long effort to raise awareness and encourage action to protect the local environment. Watershed uh, Coordinator Lauren Sandu is uh, with us this morning. And first of all, before we talk, and you've got a lot of things uh, yes. that you've got <laughs> going on here over the course of the next week. Um, before we get to kind of a rundown of some of that, talk a little bit about what the the mission of the Blanchard River Watershed Partnership is, what it is that you do, especially as it relates to the mission of Earth Day. Yes, so we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization um, based out of Finley, Ohio, but we serve the six counties in the Blanchard River Watershed, so Hancock, Putnam, Allen, Hardin, and portions of Seneca and Wyandotte. And so our main focus is educating people about the Blanchard River, letting them know, you know, what are some of the issues that we face. And then we're entirely grant funded. So we work to secure grant funding to implement projects like wetland installations and rain gardens. And we do a lot of public outreach and education as well. Because when most people think Blanchard River... Uh, in this community especially, they think flooding. Right. And um, your mission is more, you know, keeping the the Blanchard River clean. Yes. And, you know, there is some, I guess, flood mitigation uh, work with respect to that. The cleaner we keep it, the, the better it flows and, and things like that. Yeah, and there is definitely crossover. We focus on water quality, but if you put in something like a wetland or a restored floodplain, that's going to have some type of water holding capability. Yeah. So there is crossover a lot of times, but our main focus is definitely water quality. Which is interesting because just that is a perfect example of how everything is so interconnected uh, when it comes to environmentalism uh, in general. Right. Uh, yes. Usually a lot of things are way more connected than we realize until mm -hmm. we start looking at them. There's always that kind of law of unintended consequences where maybe you do one thing in this region of the watershed and it ends up affecting this other area of the watershed. Yeah. And that's one thing that we like to communicate as well. You know, even though we're not directly on the Great Lakes here in Finley, our waterways do ultimately connect to Lake Erie. So, And is that really uh, part of the message that you're, you're trying to emphasize with these uh, Earth Day, or I guess, Earth Week uh, activities? Yes, yes. So one of the big issues that we're really trying to bring awareness to is litter. And a lot of people don't realize just how much litter we really do have here. Mm -hmm. um, and I always tell people that, 
you know, you don't really see it until you start looking for it. And once you see it and start looking for litter, then you just see it everywhere. Yeah, you everywhere. can't unsee it right. after, <laughs> after you notice. So you've got a lot of things that are going on uh, with this focus over the next uh, several days. You actually had a, a, a plastic pollution presentation uh, what a couple of days ago at the yes. uh, library to kind of uh, kick this off. Yes, yeah. So we talked about litter in our waterways and just how the litter that we do have here in Finley and in Northwest Ohio, it does eventually make its way to Lake Erie. Mm-hmm. And Lake Erie, even though it's one of our, it's our smallest great lakes, it does have a significant amount of plastic in it. And, mm-hmm. and plastic is usually the, the most common litter that, that we find. Well, and then by extension, it can go from Lake Erie into other waterways as well. Yes. So uh, again, this is something, I, I guess it's it's something we inherently know, but don't often think about, sometimes have to be reminded. Right, exactly. Yeah. So uh, then what is uh, what else is going on? You actually are uh, partnering with uh, Finley Brewing. Uh, yes. and you've got t-shirts and you know all kinds of things going on yeah it is a huge earth week celebration so for the last couple of years we've partnered with the F- finley brewing company to celebrate earth day and they created a special brew for us called the blanchard river brew um, which we receive a, p- a portion of the proceeds of and last year we expanded the celebration to include t-shirts and that was a really big hit and this year uh, the city of finley um asked, you know, are you able to expand this? And so that's kind of how Earth Week came about. And so that turned into, we're still making the Blanchard River Brew, we're still doing Mm t-shirts, but we've also added a whole slew of events. There's special Earth Day themed cocktails at the brewing company that come with (laughs) wildflower seeds. Um, And then the businesses that are participating downtown. So the initial thought was since Earth Day fell on a Saturday, we were going to treat it like a second Saturday in Finley. And that became, well, why don't we just have a whole, you know, week long second Saturday? So businesses that are participating, they will have reusable tote bags that are available for just a dollar donation to the BRWP. And um, people are encouraged to use those tote bags instead of plastic bags for the week. And if you use your tote bag, you'll get you know special deals special incentives discounts and things like that at the participating stores and the participating stores are also highlighting their eco-friendly sustainable products very cool so uh those totes are going to be available what all week long all week beginning on saturday this saturday the 22nd through sunday the 30th and if you go to uh www.visitfinley.com slash earth week you can see the whole list of events, all of the participating businesses. You can also visit our website at www.blanchardriver.org. And you can follow our Facebook page. And if people want to take action, so, you know, swapping those single-use plastics for reusable items like tote bags. I'm going to hide my single-use yeah. uh, water bottle here. I'll just put that over there so you can't see that. <laughs> but that's a good, and that's that's the thing. Like, it's such a habit yeah. that we don't really, you yeah. know, realize it. So exactly. making the swap to those reusable items, that's really the focus next week. And then a big element of Earth Week is our Earth Week Litter Challenge. And that's one of the things that we talked about in our presentation at the library earlier this week. We have a week-long litter cleanup that we're running using a phone app um, called Litterati. And there's instructions on our website for how to use it, download it, and how to participate. Mm -hmm. But if you join this litter cleanup and you participate next week, you'll be entered into a a drawing to win gift cards to downtown Finley. Awesome. 
So. Awesome. Uh, and all it takes is uh, just downloading the app and making a few simple changes or doing, uh, you know, a few simple things. Yes. This, you know, and, and this is one of the things, again, maybe sometimes in some circles Earth Day gets a, a bad rap we think about that this is more difficult than it actually is. Yeah. And if everybody just made one small change i mean mm-hmm. if, if you've got enough people just changing one small aspect just yeah. deciding you know i'm not going to use plastic bags at the grocery store right i'm going to use a reusable coffee mug you know those types of things if mm-hmm. enough people do it yeah it makes a big difference and and that's why these or if we just recycle the plastics that we do use correct yeah. yes that's uh, you know it doesn't get a whole lot easier than that it, it really doesn't and um that's that's why these litter cleanups are so great because you know people can it's it's instant gratification. You can see that you're picking up litter mm-hmm. and you're immediately improving the environment. And then you're also seeing the types of things that get left out yeah. in the environment. So yeah. that's really impactful. And there's uh, the city of Finley has placed dumpsters downtown um, from April 22nd through the 29th. There'll be dumpsters at the Public Works Department on 330 North Quarry Street. And they're accepting um, the litter that's picked up during the Earth Week Litter Challenge, as well as unwanted bulk there items. Go. There you go. And on Saturday the 22nd and Saturday the 29th, they're accepting tires. Which is a, uh, I know, is a big environmental issue. We so. have pulled many tires out of the Blanchard River, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely a big one. And that is, it's, you know, items that are tricky to recycle, people don't really know what to do with. So when you have a community-wide event like this, it, it's great. For yeah. people to use. So again, uh, this is all happening through the course of the week, beginning. Uh, well, actually, you've already started uh, mm-hmm. some of these uh, things, and you can order the T-shirts that we were talking about, and, yep. and all of those things uh, now. But really, starts in earnest uh, this weekend and runs all next week. Yes, yeah. There's a big launch at the Finley Brewing Company this Saturday. It's their Earth Day party, and that's when the Blanchard River Brew is available. Um, if you don't order a T-shirt online. Um, through City Apparel's online shop, you can get them at the brewing company. Okay. Very good. So I uh, encourage everybody to uh, take part. And uh, you, as you said, you have all of this information up on your website yes. too, right? Yep, absolutely. And that is? www.blanchardriver.org. Very easy to remember, but we have a link up on our webpage as well, so folks can uh, check it out there. Again, uh, Lauren Sandu, uh, coordinator for the Blanchard River Watershed Partnership with us this morning, talking Earth Week activities locally, protecting the local environment and beyond. Lauren and thanks very much for dropping by. We thanks appreciate so much. it. Information that makes a difference. Good mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. So in honor of 420 Day today, we were mentioning earlier how the uh, mindset or the public acceptance of uh, marijuana is uh, evolving in this country. Certainly much different than it was uh, many years ago. But there are a lot of places where it is still a big no-no. And uh, police in New Cumberland, Pennsylvania are offering a unique incentive on 420, 420 Day. Uh, free snacks, <laughs> uh, free munchies. According to local news reports, the police department will check any product that residents bring in to the station for free. We'll check your product. 
And for your troubles, you'll get a regular size bag of Doritos. <laughs> for those who want even more, police say they will offer a free family size bag of Doritos if you turn in your dealer. <laughs> The stunt is to encourage a benign 420 day in reference to the unofficial holiday popular among weed smokers. Uh, April 20th in cannabis culture began uh, back in California in 1971 when uh, students would meet at 420 in the afternoon to to light up the tail. Uh, But uh, anyway, you get a family size (laughs) Doritos uh, if you turn in your dealer in there. New Cumberland, Pennsylvania. Uh, elsewhere in the uh, broken news, crazy story out of Lorraine County, Ohio, where an investigation is underway after a parent allegedly maced the principal of a local elementary school. Uh, and I'm not sure the district uh, where this happened. It doesn't say, but uh, in this uh, report, 27-year-old parent was arguing with and yelling at the school's assistant principal, uh, when the uh, when the principal then approached the woman and told her she needed to leave, she sprayed him in the face with a can of mace and then took off. Well, she did leave. She was asked to leave and she did leave, but not before she maced the principal. Uh, the woman now facing charges of assault on a school official and criminal trespassing. Uh, let's see. Sometimes parents are uh, bigger trouble in school than the kids. A passenger on a flight to Orlando. This, there have been all kinds of stories of uh, people behaving badly on airplanes, but this is really kind of bizarre. Passenger on a flight to Orlando threw a screaming fit when a toddler in a nearby seat wouldn't stop crying. Uh, Online video shows the passenger, another passenger videoed all of this and uh, and posted online, shows the passenger complaining loudly to the baby and the baby's parents and to attendants Southwest Airlines. The passenger taking the video can be heard laughing about the man who, <laughs> as the, as the uh, recorder, the person who recorded this pointed out, uh, the man himself caused bigger disruption than the baby he was complaining about. <laughs> when the fight, flight finally landed uh, in uh, Orlando, the passenger was escorted from the flight by security personnel. Not the baby, the grown-up. Or the supposed grown-up. Here's the thing. If you're flying to Orlando, you got to expect there are going to be kids on the flight. And you're going to Orlando. And there are going to be kids on the flight, and uh, some of them are going to... I mean, if... And I've flown to Orlando a number of times, and whenever I fly to Orlando, I make sure that I have like, noise-canceling headphones, because you know there are going to be little kids on the flight. Some of them are going to be fussy. Anyway, the guy complaining causing a bigger problem than the baby was complaining about. From the international file, the broken news proving that it isn't just people in this country that are dumb. The the mayor of a town in South Korea came up with an ingenious idea to ensure that his constituents had something to clean up during International Coastal Cleanup Day. <laughs> he brought the trash. <laughs> According to a report in Newsweek, uh, Lee Dong-jin 
had waste styrofoam and other coastal trash brought in for the 600 participants to then pick up. (laughs) Talking about thinking outside the box or thinking outside the recycle bin on this case. Um, Some criticized the move, but uh, Mayor Lee insists that it was necessary. He claims that there wasn't enough trash left on the beach for the volunteers to collect, so he had to bring some in. (laughs) We want to have a beach cleanup, but the beach is already clean, so let's litter it up so that we've got something to clean up. To his credit, he says that all of the trash that was brought in was removed by the volunteers, and none of it ended up in the ocean. So, I guess in the end, the event was a success. Volunteers... In almost 100 countries, we're taking part in International Coastal Cleanup Day. Well, they didn't want to be left out. Uh, (laughs) Everybody else is cleaning up their coast. We need to clean up ours. And if it's already clean, we'll dirty it up so we can clean it again. (laughs) That sounds like a politician think. You know, that's... Uh, Speaking of uh, the way politicians think, San Francisco supervisors... City supervisors in uh, San Francisco, city by the bay, uh, have accepted $1.7 million in state funds intended to pay for a single public restroom. (laughs) $1.7 million to install one public toilet. But after much uh, potty-mouthing and pushback, now, city officials say that the money will pay for two toilets. <laughs> a small single-stall restroom that was planned for the Noe Valley Town Square was projected to cost $1.7 million, so that's the funding that they applied for from the state. Now, it is noted that a donated toilet reduced the cost of the restroom project quite a bit. Somebody stepped up and said, that's ridiculous. I'll donate the toilet. So that reduced the cost. But the city says toilet number two planned for another park um, in another neighborhood could still cost $1.4 million, which wipes away uh, the rest of the state grant. <laughs> so for $1.7 million, I know things are expensive in San Francisco, but even... Governor Gavin Newsom has joined in the outrage, uh, telling local news reporters he is placing the state funds on hold until the city proves that it uh, that it could build a toilet without flushing so much money down the drain. <laughs> Even in San Francisco, $1.7 million, rather pricey for one or even two public toilets. Crazy. And finally, in the... Broken news this morning, uh, this story, and this uh, comes to us online, about a wedding DJ who ruined a marriage proposal. Wedding DJ ruined a marriage proposal, and he says he does not regret it, and he'd do it again. The DJ uh, took to the online bulletin board Reddit to explain the situation. During a wedding, he said, while everyone was on the dance floor, another man tried to propose. So the DJ quickly switched the tune to something more upbeat when he saw the guest get down on one knee. Afterward, he started to receive complaints 
uh, a bunch of the family and guests at the wedding started to complain. To which he responded, proposing at someone else's wedding is not appropriate. Uh, While the DJ is sticking by his decision, uh, and he says he would do it again, um, at first he said he thought he might have made the wrong call, but it appears he was right because he says at the end of the day, and this is the kicker on the story, the bride ended up paying him double what he was originally charging for his uh, DJ services. The bride appeared to be happy that he put the kibosh on the uh, proposal. That is, if you're going to propose at someone else's wedding, that's just wrong. I mean, let them have their day. That's, uh, you know, taking somebody else's special day and making it all about you. That's, uh, she paid, the bride paid him double (laughs) as a thank you for uh, saving uh, the integrity of her day. There you go. Uh, That is today's broken news report, highlighting the odd and unusual side of the news. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. When you're behind the wheel, it's okay to rock out to your music, but it's not okay to interact with your phone screen and electronic devices while driving. In most cases, anything more than a single touch or swipe is against the law. That means no texting, no typing, no scrolling, no shopping, no browsing. If an officer sees a violation, they can pull you over. So remember, Ohio, phones down. It's the law. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. Now, there are surveys that come out, seems like every week, uh, asking Americans about their views of the economy. But this one in particular caught my eye because it is uh, the latest All-America Economic Survey commissioned by CNBC. And it shows that 69% of Americans, 69% of Americans have a pessimistic view of our economy, both now and for the future. And what's significant about this is that Americans have not been that grim about the country's economic prognosis and, by extension, their own economic prognosis. In the 17-year history of this survey... They have never seen numbers this high in terms of pessimism. Uh, The most pessimistic we have been in nearly two decades, according to this survey. Two-thirds of those in the poll say that their wages cannot keep up with inflation. And the same percentage say the country is either already in a recession or is headed for one. The survey also noted that just 24% of respondents believe that it's a good time to invest in the stock uh, in the stock market in stocks uh, all of this pessimism being directed at president joe biden the same president joe biden who not all that long ago you remember called the economy as strong as hell uh-huh it just doesn't uh, feel like americans are are feeling it according to the survey 62% of americans disapprove of the president's handling of the economy just 34 approve. In November, that split was 57 to 38%. So it wasn't all that fantastic several months ago, but now it's even worse. The current economic approval numbers are the second worst recorded of his presidency, according to this survey. It was 1,000 people 
scientific sample in the CNBC All-America Economic Survey. The poll also revealed that 81% of Americans are tightening their belts to try and keep their head above water and are spending less on purchases, including entertainment and travel, which, as we come up on this time of the year, spring and summer, that's the time when normally we spend more on entertainment and travel, and yet the vast majority of Americans are actually cutting back. Which is one of the reasons why many economists say that you know pessimism about the country's economic condition or the economic future is often a self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, if you've got 69% of Americans pessimistic about where the economy is headed or believing that we're headed for a recession, that will lead to just that kind of belt tightening where we cut back on our spending to deal with that perceived recession and that cutback in spending drives the country into a recession is very much a self-fulfilling prophecy often. I'm going to finish things up this morning with today's Throwback Thursday and the reason this particular segment kind of jumped out at us relates back to something we were talking about yesterday on the program. This week, Netflix announced that they were ending the service that started it all for the company. No longer will you be able to rent DVDs by mail. It's kind of the last gasp for the physical media rental business. And it has been coming for a long time. It's been more than a decade since there were video rental shops on every street corner because streaming services changed all that and more. In fact, back in 2019, the country's top independent cable phone and broadband operators organization changed their name, dropping the word cable to become America's Communications Association. And when they made that subtle but significant change back in April of 2019, we spoke with then-president and CEO Matt Polka about that change and what they envisioned the future of the industry to be. It is today's Throwback Thursday. I'm thinking if anyone needed more evidence to how the paradigm has changed in your industry over the past five to ten years, this pretty much tells the story, doesn't it? It sure does. Chris, thanks uh, so much for having me on your show. Yes, there have been monumental changes in our industry, which focuses on communications, whether video, phone, or now broadband Internet services. Uh, and our members who are smaller providers in rural areas in and around your community and, and all across the country are really at the forefront of, uh, of providing those services, but also seeing the change that's taking place in our industry we are more than just simply cable providers, and that's why we changed our name to ACA Connects, America's Communications Association. And the numbers have been well documented. The the jump in the number of cord cutters dropping their cable service in favor of streaming video or old-fashioned antennas even to pull in free TV. And the prevailing thought has been that this is a big threat to cable companies, but is it really? Well, first let me say we as an industry uh, are, are very, very proud of our cable heritage. Uh, frankly, the idea of creating a cable service, which is to put an antenna uh, on top of a mountain and then 
wire the signals down via a cable mm -hmm. is really what created the broadband Internet industry of today. Uh, it, it's not a threat, really. It's just more of a change in the dynamics of consumer behavior and, and what they have available to now, what they have available to them now through broadband that they never had before. Mm -hmm and that's much more choice. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I, I read a story just this week, I believe it was on uh, your website, uh, about uh, one small operator in southern Indiana that is ending its video service entirely later this year to focus on broadband. Uh, it, it seems as if some operators are, are saying, you know what, this is an opportunity for us to transition and focus more uh, on what has become uh, a larger part of our business. And certainly... On the cable side, especially small operators have been getting squeezed over the past several years by increasing programming costs, uh, costs of uh, equipment, maintenance, and so on and so forth. Uh, it almost seems like some may look at this and say, hey, good riddance. <laughs> well, th there is some of that, no doubt about it. And, and we can have a whole separate discussion on media consolidation and the four or five companies that own 90% of all of the programming that you receive on cable and how they bundle all of those channels together into one massive, very expensive bundle. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the truth is, from our members' perspective, broadband, that technology, really is our future, and it underscores, again, why we, we changed our name, yeah. uh, and that's the future going forward. Now, cable and video will always be part of, of, of our service for the most part, I think, for the majority of our members. But I wonder what that might look like moving forward, because, again, I, I just wonder if uh, ultimately we might see uh, bundles that are broadband with, say, a streaming service, a small cable operator, rather than take on the infrastructure and the maintenance and the programming costs and all of that uh, to maintain their own video service, provides uh, broadband and maybe through a partnership uh, like a Sling service or a Hulu at a discounted rate or something like that. Those bundles, I guess what I'm asking is kind of peer into your crystal ball and, and what does this industry, uh, what does the landscape look like 10 years from now? Sure. Well, some of those things that you mentioned are already happening today, where our members, with their with their broadband plant, are able, you know, directly through their set top boxes to make available access to to Netflix, Amazon, YouTube. So we we will see uh, more efforts like that to make available more direct, over the top content to consumers directly through the the networks that we create and, and that we build. And and I think as you you see more content coming directly from established networks. I mean, Disney, which owns ABC, is developing its own over-the-top network. Right. NBC, which is part of Hulu, CBS All Access exists today. Right. We're going to see more of that movement towards direct-to-consumer making that content available to them directly, and, and we're going to be the facilitator for that. Everything will be moving more direct to consumer and over the top. The, the the bottom line is the whole landscape of the the paradigm of media, home media, and entertainment uh, is going to look very different uh, in the not too distant future from what it looks like right now. Very different, and and again, it underscores why we changed our name. We yeah. used to be the American Cable Association. Our members are focused on providing broadband, but the truth is the technology is changing so fast, 
and, and changing, transforming this industry that we didn't want to select one particular technology to be associated with. Rather, we <laughs> wanted to say our members provide connections that allow their customers to communicate. Because you never know what that technology will be in the, in the future. That's Who exactly knows what right. that technology might look like? Again, Matt Polka is president and CEO of America's Communications Association. Matt, thanks for taking the time this morning. We appreciate it. It is my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Again, from uh, April of 2019, our conversation with the then-president and CEO, Matt Polka, of America's Communications Association. He has since retired, but the uh, ACA continues their work. And it's really interesting uh, if you caught that as uh, Matt was talking. And again, this was from four years ago, talking about uh, how Disney Plus really hadn't yet been introduced but was in development and talked about uh, uh, NBC's streaming service, which would become Peacock, which had yet to launch. CBS was still CBS All Access before being rolled into Paramount+. Plus. So we have already seen some of that evolution, and it continues to a more streaming-centric entertainment experience, media experience, versus what we typically think of today and have historically thought of as cable TV kind of interesting stuff in the industry itself, recognizing that uh, that is the future, that recognizing those changes moving forward. From April of 2019, our Throwback Thursday segment this morning. And by the way, you can learn more at our webpage. Go to goodmornings.net. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. That, of course, is goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow as we finish up the week, it is a big weekend for making our communities healthier and safer with Earth Day and Prescription Drug Take Back Day. Plus another collection of recipes from Kyra's Kitchen and more. So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.